Blog Talk Radio. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows more isn't always better. Unless we're talking about full-size vans. These beasts do more than get you from A to B. They have so much space a man can live in it. With shag carpeting, waterbed, and a sweet lava lamp, these mobile abodes have all the comforts of home. With quality parts and plenty of Napa know-how, you can keep the original tiny house running longer, stronger. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Love Talk Radio. Good evening. I'm Dr. Nefertiti Noel. And I'm Darren Noel. And we're here to do Relationship Wednesdays. Um, it's been a while since we did a live show. I think maybe last year. Yep. So we have taken this year to kind of get back on track and get some ideas and talk about the topics that are really concerning to people and to couples that we've been working with um, locally here and all over the country as we travel and do relationship workshops and talk about things and kind of get the pulse of what people are talking about and what's concerning couples. Um, here I am a, I run a, a thriving private practice in Chicago and in Naperville we have a couple of locations and we are online and also over your telephone if you need to do those kinds of appointments. So if you need to make an appointment with the office, our telephone number is 630-428-2344. And then tonight, if you want to call in and ask a question or make a comment, our call-in number is 323-693-3835. Again, 323-693-3835. So what I really wanted to talk about tonight is how you can stop kissing frogs. So one of the things we see a lot of is marriages and relationships as they get to the end stages and after people have invested a lot of time and are having some concerns about what to do next and they're already at a point where things are unraveling. And um, I feel like it's never too late to come in and get some help, but I do feel like tonight we really want to focus on how do you spot a frog. Now, let me tell you what a frog is. We've all seen fairy tales where um, Beauty and the Beast or um, the tales where you kiss a frog, the princess kisses the frog, and the frog just needed somebody to believe in him, so he turns from a frog or a beast or a wild animal to a loving man, and he's going to whisk you away, and the world will be a better place. Um, but more than likely what happens is kind of what we saw in Shrek where you kiss an ogre and you become an ogre. Right. You kiss the frog, you become the frog. You become a frog. Because really, um, and I know that people say don't judge a book by its cover, and all of these sayings and soliloquies are fantastic, but in real life, when you are picking a partner to be with for the rest of your life, you have to be really careful that you're not expecting a frog to turn into a prince. I agree with that 100%. <laughs> what I find is when you're meeting a peer person, getting in the dating this is the best that they're going to be. They're, they're showing you who they are. Now, when I say the best that they're going to be, you know, they could be upwardly mobile. They're heading somewhere, right? So they're going to be at a higher level, but the characteristics of taking them there is already there. Mm-hmm. Someone say, I'm ambitious. I'm going to school. I'm going to school at night to get my MBA because I want to become a lawyer. I'm uh, going to school to become a lawyer at nighttime, okay? But, because they're heading somewhere. That's already there in them. Mm-hmm. Versus somebody, you know, I'm not really planning on doing any more than I'm doing right now. And, and let me say something to you because it's really interesting. Here's what I want. Here's what I mean about a frog, a person that never fully becomes who they need to be, not just for you, but for themselves either. That's what a frog is. 
And a frog does not have to be, it has nothing to do with what job they're working. It has nothing to do with if they're in school or not in school. Sometimes you can meet people that never reach full potential. They never go full throttle. So I am not saying that if a person is a janitor that we automatically call him a frog. No. Correct. I'm saying that if if you're with a person and your first instinct is, He's not so bad in these areas, but I can fix some of those areas. You're looking at what you what you consider to be a frog. Someone who's not accountable, not trustworthy, things of that nature. Let's not even say that because okay. I think what can happen is I have done therapy with thousands of couples. I can have two attorneys come in here and one of them's a frog. Okay. Talk to that. So so let me say again what a frog is. A frog is a person that has not reached in your opinion, has not reached their full potential, and you feel like there are some changes that you're going to be able to make to turn them into the person that you want them to be. And what we want to talk about tonight with you is going to what you want them to be, you have to see people for who they are. You cannot, like I hear people all the time say, I loved on this person, and I just poured love into them. And I'm not talking about your child, right? We pour love into our children because we know it's going to take them 18 years to get to be some type of an adult. I'm saying that you meet somebody and you say they're rough around the edges, but if I'm nice enough to them, then they won't be abusive. Or if I if I teach them how to do this, then maybe they'll um, act better or dress better or talk better or be better or open a company because I pour into them. What you need to know about a frog is, is no matter how much energy you put into them, they still have work. And, it, and, there's, and they're showing this to you. So you have to make mm-hmm. sure that you're identifying that and realizing, okay, I cannot make this person change. Mm-hmm. I cannot make this person and change. And one person's frog is not another person's frog. That's what I want to talk about tonight too, that you may meet a person that is fantastic, but they're not quite what you need them to be, and you may pass them up, so to speak. And the next person may meet this same frog, so to speak, and he or she may be great for them. Absolutely. I mean, you got to find that person that is going to bring out the best in you, who's going to be your, your mate. You look for someone who you have to partner with. You have same goals, same uh, values, okay? Mm-hmm. Someone you guys are headed in the same direction in life. That's mm-hmm. really what you're looking for. But like you said, this person may, may be great for somebody else, okay? And they can have a happy life together mm-hmm. with somebody else. You're just not the person for you. For you. And so I wanted, to, I wanted to just let you guys know that you have to be really careful about what you consider to be your brass tacks, bottom line concerns, the things that are going to make a difference for you long term, the things that are going to, to, to trouble you long term. So you have to be looking at what and making sure that you're careful to monitor um, what you need versus what you want from a person and what they're able to give and what they're able to give. And so I think we have to be super, super careful with making sure people are able to give you what you need, okay? And so one of another reason we wanted to focus on this so heavy is people spend years married to the wrong person, years, years married to the wrong person. People that they knew in the beginning were rough around the edges and may have some issues, and they still got with them because they falsely felt like, they can make that person different if they did something. I think that's the biggest key, that when they identified before they got married or before a relationship got too serious, but then they mistakenly decide, think that they can change them and continue on that relationship. 
Absolutely. I think this is the biggest thing. Absolutely. So identifying that um, and taking the right actions, once you identify this person is really not the right person for me, mm-hmm. okay? And that's the decision that you have to make, mm-hmm. okay? So to identify fire frog, one, you have to know what your needs are and what your standards are. Do you need a person that has a particular religious belief? Do you need a person that is in a particular financial position? Do you need a person that's accepting of a particular thing? Do you need a person to look a certain way? You need a person to be able to mingle with crowds in a certain way. Do you need a person that is um, communicative, or can you? Is it okay with you if somebody doesn't talk a lot? Is your intimacy level higher or lower than theirs? And where do you need intimacy level to be? These are all of the things that will identify a frog you. And here's the thing: your characteristics of a frog may be different than mine, but only you know what those things are. Right. You know, it's like this is really important to me. Okay, and you don't want to settle for less because. I'm going to say you, you were someone who likes to part, likes to socialize, and, but you're meeting somebody and you realize this person is an introvert. They really don't like to socialize. They don't like to go out that often. But you know what? I'm going to make it awesome from them. I'm going to uh, talk good about it. I'm going to pick great vacations to have them come out. And they're going to want to travel with me and want to go out and socialize. But the person who says, that's not my cup of tea. That's mm-hmm. not what excites me. That's not uh, enjoyable to me. So even though you may say these are great activities and great for you and sound exciting to a lot of people, but this person is saying, this is not exciting to me. This does not make me happy. Mm-hmm. And you've got to realize that. One of the things I see the most with people is people that come in and say, when I married Bob, he knew that I needed a provider. And he always told me that he would be working in school to get a degree and get further than he was so that he could you know, uh, afford the things that our family needed. I'm tired of being the main breadwinner, and I want him to step up, but Bob will never step up. Mm. I see that so much. I see that so much. That in the beginning, someone told you that their finances weren't in order, but they were going to get them in order. You kind of thought that they were going to handle it. They never did. So here's, a, here's the frog characteristic. I'll tell you that I'm going to do something. I'll make it look like I'm going in that direction, but I never really do it. But you can't blame me because I told you up front that I had the issue. Ribbit, ribbit. <laughs> you know? Right. That's frog mentality, right? So we have to think about that. So let's get to some questions. Number one says, Dr. Noel, how long do you give a relationship to work? That's good. Yeah, I was going to say that's a really good question, and let me say this to you. Here's how long you give it to work. As long as it takes for you to find out that this isn't the person that you need to be with. As long as it takes for them to reveal themselves to you. Now, some people know in about 30 days that somebody's the right person, and sometimes people know in a year that someone's the right or the wrong person. But you should know that it depends on the characteristics that are being brought out um, that you see that you can deal with or not deal with. That's how long you make a relationship work. So however long it takes for you to figure out that it's the right or the wrong person. Because as you're going along the relationship, that person will reveal themselves more and more, right? Mm -hmm. So at three months, you realize this person. Uh, it's not good with finances. Okay, mm-hmm. they're going to drop out. You know, they're, they're, mm-hmm. they, they, they fall through that filter. Okay, they're not going to make it to that that path. After a year comes along, you realize this person has some family issues that are 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 they have to deal with. They're not ready to mature enough, so they have to deal with some issues that they have. Okay, mm-hmm. well then that is another filter. Or after mm-hmm. a year, that the person may drop off. Mm-hmm. So you said it, it depends on all all this time you're investigating, checking, questioning, observing, mm-hmm. and then at some point you say, you know what, this person has passed all the questions that I have, I'm ready to make a serious commitment. Absolutely. But I am going to give you a caveat. Age plays a role in this. That's a good point, yes. If you're 17, 
Right. You've got a little bit more time than if you're 42. Right. Right? It also matters what your status in, status is in life. If you've got a lot to lose, that also makes a difference, right? I mean, but one of the biggest things is age makes a difference. Maturity level makes a difference on how long you have to, to wait for someone. And here's what I want you to do, a cost-benefit analysis. What are you losing by waiting on this person to become who you need them to be and vice versa? Or do you need a couple years? I know when Darren and I first met, we were in college. We took the time to finish our bachelor's degrees. We took the time to finish our master's degrees before we got married. Right. We weren't fully adults yet, right? We were nope. in the process of becoming adults, so we had to address those things, right? We had to finish that course we were already on. Correct. So your age makes a difference. Your goals in life, life makes a difference. If you're 47 and you're saying you want to have children, um, you've got a little less time to figure out how long it's going to take you to, to, to be with somebody than someone that's 22 and they're like, hey, I don't, I don't want to have kids, I'm 35 anyway. So then they've got a longer amount of time to make that decision. It also depends on where you want the relationship to go. If you're not looking for commitment, you've got the rest of your life to, to right. date to figure out, right? That's a great point because some people are looking to get married, right? Some people say, you know what, I'm in, I, I want to get married, I want to get married now, right? So as you start, you can know that within three months, hey, this person that you're talking to, they're not serious about getting married for already. They may be a great person, but in their life, yeah, they're not planning on getting married for the next five years. Just That's who they are. They may be a great person, but you know what? They're going to fall out of that filter because you want to get married now. That's something to consider. Absolutely. So kind of maybe the first step is write down all of the things that you're looking for, your expectations in a person, then separate your uh, fantasy from reality. Okay, so, so fantasy from reality, let me give you some fantasy from reality. Um, I want to marry Denzel Washington, fantasy. Right. Right. He's married already. Right. Or I um, don't ever want to work again, and I'm 22 years old, and I want to marry a man that's going to sweep me off of my feet and pay all of my bills. That's a, that could be more fantasy than, than, than not, right? But if you're only dating basketball players, it may not be. So you have to define right. what that fact from fiction is. I do also want to go back to somebody says, how long do you give relationship to work? Um, you also need to know what that other's expectation, that other person's expectations are of you. So they may be saying, in 30 days I want to know, in six months I want to know, in a year I want to know. But I will say this, if you're looking for marriage, anything over a year is wasting your time. I, I would agree with that. Anything over a year is wasting your time. Okay. Right, again, if you're looking for marriage. So figure out if they're the right person. Yes. You know. So number two, what red flag should I be looking for? Okay. Had a couple. I picked up an article. This is in uh, Prevention, and uh, they had a couple of uh, points that they eleven different points of kind of red flags. And uh, they talk about it from divorce standpoint, but I'm gonna look at it from a from a relationship standpoint. When you're starting to date or getting involved in a relationship, the person does not care about your feelings. Okay, someone who's you know, you're trying to share your feelings. They're not sympathetic to your. They're not sympathetic to your feelings. Um, you're trying to share how you feel. They may hurt your feelings. You're trying to express that. They have no, no real uh, care for that. That's, no, a, that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. That is a red flag. Um, again, they're showing you who they are. That's not going to change. Okay, that characteristic in that person is not going to change unless they choose to change it. Okay, but there's nothing that you can do to change that. They have to choose to do that on themselves. Okay, but you can't say oh, I'm going to love them and they're going to start caring about my feelings. That's not going to happen. Okay. Okay. The next one is uh, we started drifting apart and we didn't care. Okay. You're starting, you're in a relationship with somebody, you start getting separate hobbies. You're not sharing that information. You're not having those hobbies together or those activities together. You know, someone else is getting involved in uh, skiing. Someone else is getting involved in a, in a sorority or a fraternity. 
okay, and you're not sharing that information, sharing experiences, that's, and you, really you don't care about it, that's a problem. You're kind of starting to go in a different direction, okay? That's a red flag. Another one is the person puts you down, you know, emotionally putting you down, okay, not supportive of you, okay? Mm-hmm. That, to me, that's a red flag. You're with somebody and they're negative about the way you dress, negative about um, your hair, negative about um, your intellect is putting you down, things like that. that's a red flag. Again, these are things that are not, are not going to change. These are some of the red flags that are out there, okay? Um, the person likes to go out all the time without you. Hey, you're in a relationship, and every time you turn around, hey, let's go out. Well, I got, I'm going out with my boys today. I'm going out with my girl. We're going out. Well, we're in a relationship. This is supposed to be trying to make this a priority relationship, tend to go out with other people without you, okay? I'm going to go out to the club. Well, well, I'm not bringing you into the club with me. Well, wait a minute. I thought we were dating. What are you going to the club without me for? Okay, these are red flags, okay? Hopefully some of these, these are making sense of red flags. Okay. 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 Go ahead. Um, he has a bad temper. That's that's another thing to look for. Temper focused issues. Um, making excuses not to be with you or not to to come home to you. Um, letting other people take priority over you, or you letting other people take priority over him. That's that's really um a big deal. Um, ignoring your gut tends to be an issue. So if your gut feeling is that, hey, something's wrong here, and you don't take that seriously, then that's a red flag as well. And let me say this. For some of you guys, again, age makes a difference. Sometimes some of the things that you see as a red flag when you're 30 are not issues that you see as a red flag when you're 19 or 20. So maturity level, experiences make a difference. What you saw in your own house, defines if you may be able to see a red flag or not. I'll give you an example. Um, There are a lot of people that are, especially the millennials that are are involved in relationships where domestic violence is present. Many of those people may not have seen that at home, and so sometimes they're thrown off and they think, well, maybe it's just an anger management issue. If I talk to them, if I get them into this or they do these things, it will get better. So sometimes we don't know that, hey, if he's hit you now, or if she's hit you because men can be abused too now, then they'll do it again, and this could be a pattern of behavior and you need to move on from it, right? But we live in an era, an era now where people can just Google statistics and they can just Google symptoms and they feel like they can self-diagnose, and so a lot of times people are missing some of the issues that are going to go on to later be huge things in their relationship. So one of the things that Darren and I are calling on you guys to do is be really aware of who you are in a relationship and who someone is to you in a relationship, right? Because who you are matters and makes a difference. So um, also, again, we got to go back to what you've seen in other relationships makes a difference. Sometimes people that live in houses where there's domestic violence, they fall into extremes. Either A, uh, if you even look like you're going to hit me, I'm going to break up with you. Or B, they'll take a few pushes because, hey, they've seen this at home and their parents toughed it out and stayed together. Right, in their mind, that's kind of quote-unquote normal part of mm-hmm. relationship. Every relationship has that a little bit. Mm-hmm. They may have that thought process. That thought. And here's the other thing I'm going to say. Just like how long do you stay in a relationship, the red flags that you see are the ones that are important to you. Again, you have to define what red flags are to you. So I've had couples come and maybe somebody is um, – a drug dealer, and person A takes that to be he's an entrepreneur, and person B takes that to be, wait, he's in illegal activity, I can't be in that situation, that's a red flag for them. And generally, when you come into a relationship, some of the issues that you have in the beginning 
will be issues that last and weave throughout the relationship. So you have to ask yourself in the first six months to a year, can I manage having these same issues 20 years from now? Somebody, absolutely. Let's say someone is um, over-flirtatious or likes to put themselves in questionable situations. You know, why are you at that woman's house at 9 o'clock at night when we're supposed to be at home, okay? We're dating, but, you know, oh, I'm doing the work project at home. Well, that's, that's not necessarily the best thing to do. And someone who constantly puts themselves in these questionable situations where issues can't arise, right, or situations that can cause a problem, and they continue to do these things, guess what? That's who that person is. And you have to recognize that could be a red flag for you. Absolutely. And you have to be willing to be open with tolerating things that you cannot tolerate. I mean, that's something that you really got to be open about. What can you take and what can you not take? And sometimes um, – the things that you can't take may not even be huge things. It could be um, some inverted strengths. Like a lot of times people say, if my if my boyfriend's really good to his mother, then that means he'll be really good to me. And that's, that can be true. But down the line it could turn out that people say, hey, he's putting a lot of energy in his mom and he's not putting that energy into me and I feel like I've never been the one that's been able to have the priority. So you, you see that slight difference in things, right, so that in the beginning – that seems like a very good thing, but that very good thing could go on to be something that's not so great for you. So, again, you have to be able to set boundaries very early. You have to be able to have discussions very early. You have to be honest about the things that you're comfortable with and not comfortable with. You have to trust your gut and know that if something's an issue for you, it's an issue. Like, you don't necessarily have to justify it. It's possible that it's just an issue for you. And if that's true, then you can let your partner know, hey, this is an issue for me. Is there a way for us to compromise on something like this or not, you know? And it can go from religious um, interest, how do we raise children, how is income handled, how are, uh, you know, how are friendships handled, how are trips handled, like what are the things that we do next in our relationship and how, excuse me, and how do we manage these things? These are things that you have to be looking at, of course, uh, across the course of your relationship, especially when you're in the dating process and especially when you're kind of leaning into a person for the first time and getting to know who they are to you. So just really interesting question, and good job of asking that because I do think, again, you each person has to identify their red flags. Some red flags are universal, illegal activity, narcissism, um, you know, some things are universal and some things are not, so you have to be able to know the difference for you between what things really matter to you and what things don't. So just, you know, just a thought there. Um, question number three says, I've taken my husband back after several affairs. I can get over them, but I don't feel like he'll change. So what should I do? That's another good question. So I'm just going to read it again. I've taken my husband back after several affairs. I can get over them, but I don't feel like he will change. What should I do? That's a really good question. Darren, any thoughts about that? You know, there's really nothing that you can do to change him, okay? He has to decide that he wants to remain faithful to you, okay? It's your choice how you're going to, deci- how you're going to decide whether you are going to stick with him or not. Or, but that's your decision to make. But you cannot change him. You can't love him enough because his decision to be unfaithful is just because he's choosing to be unfaithful. Nothing to do with you, what you're not doing, what you're doing, okay? He is choosing to be unfaithful. There's nothing you can do to change that. You just got to decide how you're gonna, if you're going to remain that way, or in a relationship, or how you're gonna, how you're gonna act, what action you're gonna take. You know, this is an interesting question, right? Because you have to ask yourself, 
Is this a frog characteristic? Is this something that's a brass tacks issue for you? And um, it's not for everybody, but it may be for you. And if it is for you, then you have to define, are you going to stay and continue to put up with the behavior, or are you going to go? I mean, those decisions have to be yours. You have to also look at this kind of with a broad scope. If it's not an issue for you, then why is it coming up, right? I mean, if it's not an issue and you're because effectively what you're telling me is that you have an open marriage. You may not be open, but he's open, right? And if he's open and you're saying that you're comfortable with it, then that's something you have to look at from within. Why are you comfortable with that? Um, is that the model that you want for your children? Like, So if your daughter was to come home and say, hey, you know, my, my husband's sleeping with multiple people, but I'm okay with it, how, how would that go for you? What does that mean? What's your moral code? Where does that stand with morality? Is that something that you guys agreed to in the very beginning? If you think that it's an addiction or, or not even – and I think people overuse the word addiction. Sometimes people just keep doing the same things again and again and again, but that does not make it an addiction, I agree, right? right? I mean, he may be able to stop himself, but he's choosing not to. So if he's choosing not to and he betrays you in this way, what are the next ways that he'll betray you in? I mean, and so these are things to, to think about. Now, you're asking, what should you do? And here's the answer. You should make a decision to do what you think is best for your own emotional safety. Um, and how do you manage that? Because it has to be playing with your self-esteem. Um, it has to be playing with who you view yourself as an individual. It has to be playing with your definition of what marriage actually is. So can you continue to live like that? Any yes, comments there? No, absolutely. That's a question they have, that person has to ask themselves. Mm-hmm. Another question is how do I identify a frog? And I think we kind of went yeah, through we that, that, that basically. Um, number five is how do you define a good guy or a good woman to be with? And, again, um, I'm going to go back to these have to be the things that it's what are you looking for, what are your core values, what are your expectations, what's your longevity going to look like, are you looking for a committed relationship or not. I mean, if you're looking for a guy just to go dancing with and a good guy, and that, for the, from that definition is just someone to dance with, if that makes sense. Um, but if you're looking for somebody long-term and you're with a guy that doesn't have um, the ability to give you the commitment that you want, then you're not looking at a good guy, although he may be good with his job, he may be good with kids, he may be good on paper, but he may not be good, so to speak, for what you're looking for. Right. It all depends on what your standards are and what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Right. Number six, it says, I was in a relationship for years and my low self-esteem would not let me behave right in the relationship. I feel like I've worked on those things and want to rekindle the fire or the relationship, but I'm not sure if she will be interested. What should my first step be? Humble and humility. And humility. You know, come at, tell, I would come to the person, explain that, that you were at wrong, that you were at fault, uh, explain what changes that you have made, okay, and let them know that you're not looking to come back at the same stature you had before, but you're coming back lower, okay, in terms of, you know, if the person needs to see you prove what you're saying, that the new person that you are. You need to demonstrate that. And, say, and you have to be comfortable, willing to, I'm willing to demonstrate and prove to you that I am a better person than I was before. Mm-hmm. I guess the first question I have is, do they want to be in a relationship with you? Have you done some research to find out, are they dating, are they married, do they have kids, have they moved on? Like what? I mean, a lot of times people kind of fantasize about the one that got away. Sure. And they want to rekindle with the one that got away because they remember it so fondly and now, Hindsight is twenty twenty. You can see that you should have been a better person, and so now you're in this kick to make you know the world a better place. But first, you may want to establish what is happening in that person's life, and great way to do that is friend them on Facebook. 
Okay. Say hello on Facebook. Do you know? Hey, it's Bob. How are you? Just wanted to extend my apologies for whatever happened in our past. Hope we can sit down one day and have a cup of coffee and maybe take it from there. Because it's not now. It's not just about what you want. It's about what they want and if they can trust you past what they remember about you. Great point. Great point. So I think some of these questions were really good questions, and I think people are really looking to find out how to date, and I really want to encourage you guys sit down individually and write down what you're looking for in your relationship, like what is it that you're really looking for. Also ask yourself, if I don't want to kiss a frog, how do I make sure that I'm not a frog, right? Like you need to make sure that too. Have you reached your full potential? Do you have ambitions? Do you have goals? Do you have things that you're reaching for? And you can define what those things are. If your goal is to be a good mother, a good wife, and a good homemaker, those are fine goals. So then have that written down. Are you doing your best, your prince or princess best in those situations? And are you the type of person that can attract um a person that's at your caliber at the level that you want to be at, right? I mean, I always give the story of when I when I do um, therapy in the city, I go to my Chicago office, and there's this homeless guy that always flirts with me. His self-esteem is huge, but I'm definitely <laughs> not going in that direction, right? And so, But in his mind, hey, that's a possibility for him, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a possibility for me, right? So right. he may not consider himself a frog, but I do, right? right. I mean, I'm also a mayor, but I'm just saying in general have to be careful to be who we need to be so we can uh, attract the person that we want to have. And also with the list when you're making what you what your priorities are, um, well, I ask you to pr- prioritize your list of what you want. I mean, these are have to have things that I need for this person, like wants to have, and this would be nice to have. So prioritize that list. You know, these are have to have. So if the person doesn't have those have to have, it's not an option. The relationship is not going to proceed. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. We're excited to start 2017 with you guys. We've got a lot of great topics to go over. We've got the pulse of what's happening in relationships, so we really want to bring those things 